Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. The midweek is upon us again, which means it is time for another episode of Crosstalk. And uh, I feel like the weeks go by fast. Um, that's why I say that. <laughs> it, here it is. We're having another episode. And that's just life, and that's how it goes. But uh, we have been discussing the issues of the Spirit and the biblical implications of that in the life of the believer. Last week, we discussed the leading of the Spirit. Um, and if you didn't listen to that, I would encourage you to go back and do that, because I think we will play off of that. Uh, heavily um, as we continue this discussion on the the Spirit in the life of the believer. But this week, we want to turn our attention to the comforting of the Spirit. We know that a primary role of the Spirit in the life of the believer is the promise that the Spirit will comfort us. It is a promise that Jesus gave His disciples, I will send you the Spirit. And so we know this. And I think as believers, we want to trust this, but I think it's important for us to know the biblical understanding of this promise. And that's what we want to dive in today. And we'll be circling back around to Romans 8, but drawing primarily from from John 14 and then also jumping over to to 1 John. So let's just jump in here today and look at, first of all, the home of the Spirit. So as, as it pertains to the comfort of the Spirit, what do we mean by the home of the Spirit? Well, in that context, in the context of the promise of the Spirit, Jesus told the apostles, I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, but because it does not see him, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. So there's this promise that we're going to be, that the Spirit of God is going to be at home in us. Mm. And so, um, just on the front end, we need to think of ourselves as uh, we are the temple of God's Spirit. Um, the church is the temple of God's Spirit, but the individual Christian members are temples of God's Spirit. And uh, God himself lives in in us. In well, the he tabernacles with this, so it's calling back to that Old Testament concept of the temple of God, the well, tabernacle of God. Well, actually, and that's important you say that because there are two Greek words for temple, and and one, the one used here is naos, which refers to the inner sanctuary where right. the Holy of Holies right. was. absolutely. It also could have referred to maybe an inner sanctuary of, of maybe a Greek temple, but it would have right. gotten the, the attention of both Jew and Greek. Right, right. So we're not – we're temples in the most sacred sense. That God, his, the presence of God is in us as He was in the Holy of Holies. That's incredible. Most when, people, when you understand the yeah. Holy of Holies, and that when the priest would go in there, and if they had unconfessed sin, would die. Oh, and nobody else could go in there. So right. if he fell dead in there, they had a hook they could reach in and pull him out because they couldn't go in. That's nobody an incredible could. truth. We should latch onto that. That so if you're a believer, you're a follower of Christ. That's you. You are a temple. The, the Spirit of God dwells in you. The temple of God. God Himself lives in us in the person of His, of the Holy Spirit. He constantly abides or makes His home in the believer. He abides, dwells, lives right. there. So that we're temple 
of the God Spirit. Which harkens back to our abiding that we discussed several yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. He abides in us, we abide in Christ. And this is all connected. So we are the temple of God's Spirit, and we are the trust of God's Spirit. Now, I, I thought about that wording, and I want to explain it because I think it's important to understand. It's, it's a very comforting thing when you think that we, that our comfort, our care, is entrusted to the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. I will send you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. That is really, I mean, it's really incredible language and incredible thought that God has entrusted the care and comfort of his children to the third person of the Godhead. He, he entrusted the redemption of his children, of his people, to the second person of the so, Godhead. So what you're saying is it's not something, we, and we're going to talk about this, that we necessarily trust. What you're saying is it's it's a trust, it's an entrustment. We are, Yeah, we are entrusted to the Spirit. Yeah. We, we are a trust of the Spirit. Yeah. We trust in him for sure, but I'm right. not talking about that. I'm right. talking about right. we are entrusted. Our care, our comfort is entrusted to the Holy it's, Spirit. It would be like if you take your money to the bank and you lay your money in the bank, you are trusting the bank to take care of that money. Right. It's entrusted to them. Yeah. We are entrusted to the Spirit of God. So um, so when we say we are the home of the Spirit, at least those two things are a part of that, that we are temple, He indwells us, and, uh, and then we are the trust of the yeah. Spirit. We are entrusted to Him. That's comforting in itself. I mean – Right there is enough to rest in for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we have the home of the Spirit. What about the help of the Spirit, which is getting more into this concept and idea of comforting well, as it, we want to know it as believers and what we I – mean, maybe you can even say what we feel, <laughs> you know, what we know to be true. Well, the uh, it's interesting that um, it says in verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Um and I'd like to think of this passage and uh, also in the context of Second Corinthians 1, when Paul says, um, God has comforted us with uh, all kinds of comfort so that we may be able to comfort those who have need of comfort. Right. The word for comfort there is a form of the same word used for the Holy Spirit here, paraclete, parakletos. And uh, the word for comfort there in Corinthians is Parakletas, or parakletes. And so what we have here is a couple of truths that need to, that will help us as we trust the Holy Spirit. One is the certainty of affliction. Um, Meaning we know it's coming. Yeah, in a world you will have affliction, tribulation, pressure. It, it just goes with the territory. This and if not, you haven't, stick around, it will come. Well, and that's what Peter says to the folks he wrote to. Don't think it's strange or unusual mm. that fiery trials come upon you. This is not strange stuff. This is normal stuff. This is Christianity. This is life on earth. So we have the certainty of affliction. I mean, that we're just told that in the world you will have tribulation. But, there's, but with that is the certainty of assistance. I will send you another comforter. Now, it's the very name given to the Holy Spirit that's important here. Paraclete, parakletos, the, the one who comes alongside to be with and help. So the help is the name that's being given. Yeah, exactly. He's the helper. 
And it's interesting that word is used of Christ regarding his intercessory work for us when we confess our sins and his intercessory work before the throne. If we sin, and we will, we have an advocate, Parakletos, with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So, so that begs a question that I have. Is the comfort, and I know we'll get more into this, but is the comfort in the fact that we know the work of Christ and because of that truth and all that it entails, the Spirit can comfort us? So I guess what I'm trying to say is, is where's the comfort? Well, I think that's one aspect of the comfort that the Spirit brings. We have we have the comfort that our sins are forgiven. We have the and because course, when I think of comfort, I'm thinking of that feeling of comfort, and and I know that I'm 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 treading on some thin ground here when I say the feeling of comfort because we don't always feel comfortable. Yeah, right. So I guess what I'm trying to say is is what is the comfort that is coming? So we know there's affliction and we know there's assistance. Is it the comfort found in the fact that it that is true? Yes, I think yes, that is that is the comfort we know. We're going to get to that in the next point. Okay. But uh John says in 1 John, you know, we know certain things. This we know. Mm. And to know, well, how do we know? Well, we know because God's word says so. I mean, we live we walk by faith, we trust the word of God. The word right. God says it, we believe it. That doesn't settle. It's settled because he says it, but we our and, hearts are settled. There's and that's comfort. a comforting thought. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So um so there's so what's the point then? That we may be able. Why? Why? What is a reason? At least a reason. Well, one reason is God wants to comfort His children. But there's another reason. Paul talks about that we may be able to comfort with the same comfort with, with which we're comforted. You know, sometimes we just try to comfort people by trying to make their circumstances better, right. just saying it's going to be all right. But these are biblical ways to comfort. Yeah, they are. Uh, Jesus says He promises, "I will not leave you comfortless or helpless." I will not leave you without a helper. I will come to you. So Christ comes to us in the person of the Holy Spirit and helps, assist us in our affliction. He bears us up. You know, the Old Testament uses the image. He bears us up with wings like eagles. Uh, here you go. You get the fulfillment of that. The right. real, the, the further, uh, the further application and and reality of that in the person of Christ and the Holy Spirit. So, uh, so that's the help. That you speak of now, maybe moving into more of what my question was in regards to the actual comfort. Right. Um, there's the hope of the spirit. Yeah, I. We all want the feeling, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. It doesn't always come. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Sometimes know. we don't get the feeling. We just. No. I mean. And that's the problem it, with feelings is, you know, God God gives them to us. We are emotional creatures. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't feel comforted, but right. sometimes we don't. But I, I mean, what I'm saying is, is that's the problem with relying upon feelings is because of our sin, they're fickled. Well, you passed on to me a couple – you've been passing on to me some emails from a brother we have in mm. Ukraine. And uh, I get the tension of those two things in those emails. Yeah. It's, it's really something they, – they are, they are sure – of what they're doing is right. And they are sure that the Lord is at work. But you, they also know that at any moment one of those bombs or missiles could hit them, mm-hmm. and they would be gone. Now, that's scary. And that's he not said, comfortable. In fact, he even asked, he, he said in a question, he said in the email, are we scared? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're still comforted. So that illustrates 
that comfort comes in the midst of discomfort. Well, and I think that's the the problem with thinking it from a human perspective or even a worldly perspective, and that's what we're trying to do right now is think about it from a biblical perspective. Yes. We almost have to change our paradigm of thinking when it, of comfortable or comfortability. And isn't that what, what we're supposed to be doing? Changing yeah. our whole paradigm yeah, yeah, from yeah. a worldly one, from a human fleshly one to Otherwise, a, how would some missionary in Ukraine who was home for Christmas go could have back stayed home. owing mm. the uh, impending danger yeah. that did come yeah. once they got back, and now they're on the run, but they see Christ working and moving, and the, the church in Kiev being scattered abroad. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's you, there's no way else to explain that by what we're doing right now. Right, and and he related that to the early church and how it was scattered through persecution yeah. and the word of God and the, the gospel went throughout the then known world as a result of that persecution. Yeah, these all bring comfort. If right. if I get blown up in the next second, the will of God is being done. The purpose of God is being accomplished. So having said that, with the hope of the Spirit, and when we say hope, we don't mean the hope. So we've said this before. We're not talking about just hope so. We're talking about sure expectation. The New Testament word for hope, elpis, is sure expectation. So what is this hope, this assurance that we have? What is the assurance the Spirit gives? Well, let's just revisit. Um, the, the Spirit, uh, we have the assurance and hope of the presence of the Spirit, the presence of God himself. Okay, let's, well, we've already said that, but I get just in this flow to go back and see that we have the presence of God, the presence of the Spirit in us. This is assurance itself. Uh, then, um, you know, by this we know that He abides in us by His Spirit whom He has given us. So there's this presence of the Spirit, and, and we have this promise in Scripture. Then we have the assurance of, uh, of His purpose for us. Romans eight twenty eight. You know, we usually think of Romans eight twenty eight simply uh, as it's standing on its own, and it can stand on its own. But it's it's on the heels of this promise that uh, the the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. That as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And so Romans eight twenty eight, which we all most of us know, uh, has to do with God is working all things together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. But this is in the context of the work of the Spirit, the help of the Spirit the indwelling of the Spirit, the uh, leading of the Spirit, and the witness of the Spirit. So um, then we have the promise of the Spirit's preservation of Christians. He keeps us. You know, we, we talked of this earlier in, in um, Ephesians. We have the earnest of the Spirit. That's the guarantee. Right. So the Spirit's presence is a promise. The presence of itself is a promise that we will get where we're supposed to go. Well, and I think all of this goes back to the comment you made last week in regards to the mystery. It is a mystery. It's not always tangible. Right. It's not always you reach out and it's concrete, which then goes back to our point of trying to make the spirit this concrete thing that you always can discern. Yeah, and touch. And and, and, and you can't. Yeah. The it's a reality. I mean, you look at what's happening in Ukraine with the missionaries there and their their resolute manner that they live in now, right. and that's not concrete in the sense of I feel it, but they certainly know it. Yes, in the midst of going for food and coming back a mile and their fingers frozen, 
mm-hmm. and not sure they're even going to get back to where they're going. And, and all the realities of that is the assurance of the presence of God and his purpose being accomplished. And in this, in this affliction is his yeah. help. Yeah. So, so, you know, what, is, what does Paul say? The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, here's part one aspect of the comforting work of the Spirit is the assurance he gives us that we are children of God. Mm. And that comes all into the context of the Spirit's work. We're walking in the Spirit. We're walking according to the Spirit. We're indwelt by the Spirit, the purposes of God and suffering and the glorification that will come. So let's let's take somebody who's struggling with you, – you, you mentioned what you just mentioned. Let's take somebody who struggles with doubts. Right. About their salvation. How does that apply to this? Well, it applies in that this, the Word of God, if you look at First John, the, he dealt with that. There were people struggling with right. the certainty of salvation. And he gave them some things to look at. There, there are things to look at in our lives that, that show whether or not we are believers. Viable things that need yeah. to be. Yeah. Are, we, are we walking generally in obedience? Do we love our brothers and sisters in Christ? Are we walking in light, confessing our sins? Are we aware of our sin? Are we just oblivious to it? These kinds of things tell us that's the work of the Spirit. Hmm. And you know, most of us have enough sin in our lives that we can doubt we're Christians, but we also have enough sanctification in our lives that we can believe that God's doing something. Right? And we know the truth of the gospel. Yes. So um, so the Spirit's at work, but he works through his word. Again, we've talked about that. Get in the word. Get in the word that talks about assurance. Get in this chapter. Get in this I'm first chapter. seeing a pattern. Yeah. And, <laughs> and this is where the assurance comes from. The Spirit uses the word. Hmm. And what Christian hasn't had some doubts? I read Spurgeon to my wife uh, last night or night before. He said, you know, who among us have not doubted? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was talking with um, some leadership in our church, and they were talking about how when you're – it was in regards to counseling and working people who are counseling right. need counseling. And they said when you're often counseling, that's when the enemy will come after you. You know what I'm saying? He will really – because first of all, it doesn't like what you're doing when you're counseling this individual, and you really have to lay a hold of God's word, mm-hmm. so that you know first of all what you're doing is right, and then second of all that you are right before God. Right. And I think that's that's really what we're talking about here in this idea of comforting is that you know you can't expect to be comforted if you don't know the truth. Right. Because that's where the source is. That's what the Spirit uses. He's the Spirit of truth. It's interesting when John is talking about these things the first time, he kind of closes this way. It gets close to the end of his, his short letter. And he says, by this we know. Now, you notice it's not by this we hope so. Right. By this we know that Confidence, we dwell in yeah. him and that he dwells in us because he has given us his Spirit. Now, this is truth. Hmm. He has given those who trusted Christ, who look savingly to Jesus, who look for, long for the Savior, who seek to walk in his ways, stumbling ever so much, but hungering for righteousness and hungering for Christ and loving their brothers and sisters and the fellowship we have in the Spirit. This person has this promise. He has given us his Spirit. Hmm. This is the comfort we have. We have comfort in affliction, yes. We have comfort with, with this assurance that we belong to Christ. We belong to God. We are his children. And as we close here, I think this is important because last week we talked about the Spirit's leading and leading us. Well, 
it's not real comforting if we don't know that he's leading us. Mm-hmm. And But being led, we know that we'll be comforted in that leading. Mm-hmm. And those two go so hand in hand. They do. Um, and to your point last week in regards to, you know, is the Spirit leading us to go do it? Or is the Spirit leading us as we go do it? Yeah. And I think that's where this comfort aspect comes in. Because if he's leading us as we go do it, we can be comforted in knowing that the Spirit is leading us. It is. And we, we know this because the Word of God says it, not because our feelings always hold up to it. My, my thinking is the other way. When you say the Spirit was leading me to go do it, there's always to me some doubt because what if I got it wrong? <laughs> You know? Right. And But if I know that I'm in the Word, I'm seeking the Lord, and the promise is the Spirit is leading me, hmm. I know He's leading me as I go. He leadeth me, O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort fraught. Whatever I do, where I be, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. Hmm. Amen to that. Is that it? That's it. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't say anymore. <laughs> well, it's certainly been good. And we, we went long last week, so to give our listeners a break this week will be probably good for them as they can finish it on their drive to work or wherever they're going. So thanks for joining us this week, and we'll continue in this discussion next week. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. Mm-hmm.